0: Deuteronomy chapter six. And if I were to give this a title, it would be The Cheat Code. (laughs) Jesus was once asked if you were to take the whole law and the prophets and put it into one thing, what would it be? And he quotes from this chapter. We're going to get into that in just a second. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like this video. If you're watching on YouTube, you share, you subscribe. You if you're doing it on the podcast, make sure that you are giving us a five-star review, leaving us a comment. It really does help get the word out there. I don't have no idea how that works. I just know that it actually does help. So if you do that, it helps more people find what we're doing. And make sure you go to the Facebook group, Bible Breakdown Discussion, as we are going through God's Word together every single day. And man, we're just learning. The more you dig, the more you find. And I love that idea that as we are just digging into God's Word together. It's amazing what we're finding. And I don't want to just be the one who is sharing different things. I want you to go on that discussion and let us know what you are finding as you're digging into God's word with us. If you have questions, complaints, angry outbursts, you know, everything in between, go and put it on there as well. And that's part of being the body of Christ is that we work through things together. And so if you have different questions and things we're running through this, let's, let's do it together. But as we get into God's word, let me catch you up so we can move forward in this. Now, This is a series of sermons by Moses. Deuteronomy means, it's a Greek word that means second law. And what has happened is, is during the wanderings of 40 years in the book of Numbers, everyone from 20 years and older was told they can't go in the promised land. So they all died off. And while that's happening is, of course, everyone who was 20 and younger, they are all growing up. And now that generation, it's time for them to enter the promised land and Moses can't go. And one of the greatest leaders in the history of the world is cheering on this new generation and is giving them what they need so that they can sustain themselves in the promised land. And so he is giving them the second law, which is the law a second time, so that they can be successful. And so he gives us this series of sermons right before he dies so that they can have all the success that he hopes for them. We just got through a couple of chapters ago, finishing up the first sermon of Moses, which was basically a history lesson, bringing them up to speed with what's been happening for 40 years and why it happened for 40 years. You know, why why all those things happened. And then he is now pivoting into the next sermon, which is let's get down to business, right? And the last chapter, he lays down the foundation that everything is based on. And that is the Ten Commandments. He shares with them what happened at Mount Sinai, how the law was given, and how the nation of Israel was terrified, because they saw the fire and they saw the smoke, and they saw that even in the midst of it there was this, this deep darkness in the middle of it somewhere. And then, as they looked in there, they they couldn't see what was in that darkness, but they heard the very voice of God, and the voice of God spoke the law, the covenant, the Ten Commandments out to them, and it terrified them. So they came to Moses, and he's like, "Hey, look." We, we are so thankful to God, but, uh, you mind talking to him for us? <laughs> how about, how about we just stay over here and you go talk to him and you come back and tell us what he said. And God was like, okay, we'll, we'll do that. I mean, you got to think, obviously he wanted to talk to them himself. But hey, that's fine. It'll work. But he lays down for them the 10 commandments and everything is going to be built on top. And so what is going to come after that? What is, what, what is the next layer? If you build the foundation of the Ten Commandments, what's the next thing that you'd build on top of it? Well, that's what Moses is going to say. The only way that the Ten Commandments work is if you add what I'm about to tell you. And it's so important that when Jesus is asked 2,000 years later that if you could sum up the past 2,000 years, sum up all the writings of Moses and you know Ezekiel and Isaiah and all those people into one idea, what would it be? And he is going to quote from Deuteronomy chapter six and we could call it the cheat code. So here we go. We got your NLT Bibles open with me to Deuteronomy chapter six, looking at verse one. It says, these are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord, your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and your grandchildren must fear the Lord, your God, as long as you live. If you obey his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, your God of your ancestors, promised you. Now pause for a second. A couple things. First of all, when he says fear, that word is have respect for. Okay, So the idea is that God doesn't want you to be terrified of him. He wants you to respect him in all things that you do. And notice he says, if you'll just do what I say, you're going to enjoy a long life. And then the other thing, if you remember, we, we talked about this back in, in uh, the book of Leviticus. He says something about a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, does that mean that everywhere they turned, there was just milk on the side of the road and there was honey everywhere? No, no, no. What that means is, it's a, a land flowing full of milk. Milk would have been it is a sustainable land for uh, livestock. So it's a place where livestock can go, can graze, can grow, and can have calves and different kinds of things. So it's a land of milk. So it's a sustainable land and then honey. Honey was, and I when you saw a uh, honey everywhere, you would see that this is a place that has been cultivated well because that's what honeybees will do. As they go and they spread and they pollinate things all over the place. So you would see a honey grove over somewhere, or not a grove, but a, a honey combs and stuff over there. You would realize this place is well tended, that the ecosystem is working well, and this is a good place to plant crops. So it is a sustainable and healthy agriculture, so that you could live generationally in this land. So it was exactly the kind of land that you were looking for if you wanted to have a sustainable lifestyle. In our current culture, it would be if you went somewhere and there was plenty of jobs everywhere, and there was plenty of houses for sale everywhere, you go, oh, hey, this this there's some opportunity here. It's the same thing when you say land of milk and honey. All right, verse four. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord alone. You must love the Lord your God with with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you go to bed and when you are getting up. "'Tie them to your hands "'and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. "'Write them on the doorposts of your house "'and on your gates. "'The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land "'he swore to give to you "'when he made a vow to your ancestors, "'Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. "'It is the land with large, prosperous cities "'that you did not build.' The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns that you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve Him. When you take an oath, you must use only His name. You must not worship any other God of neighboring nations." For the Lord your God who lives among you is a jealous God. His anger will flare up against you, and he will wipe you from the face of the earth. You must not test the Lord your God as you did when you complained at Massa. You must diligently obey the commands of the Lord your God and all the laws and decrees that he has given you. Do what is right and is good in the Lord's sight, so all will go well with you. Then you will enter and occupy the good land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors. You will drive out all the enemies living in the land, just as the Lord said you would. In the future, your children will ask you, What is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? Then you must tell them, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land he swore to give our ancestors. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord our God has given us. Now, two things I want to cover and want to be done for today. First of all, did did you recognize the verse that Jesus uses? If you've read, especially the book of Matthew, it's in a another one as well. But if the book of Matthew, there's this this guy who comes up to Jesus one day and he says, you know, if you were to sum up all the law, all the prophets, everything, what would be? the greatest commandment. And Jesus says, just like it says in verse five, you must love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your strength. That is the, that was the greatest one. But then he says, and the second one is just like in this from Leviticus. You must love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus is saying, you have got to get this part, right? If you love God with everything you have, like you don't just obey what he says because he's good to you. You obey, obey what he says because you love him man, you're going to get it right most of the time. You're, you're going to automatically go in the right direction because of your love for the Lord. And so it's amazing that Moses says, right after you lay that foundation of the Ten Commandments, he says, the only way it's going to work is if you do it because you love God. So the only way you can obey those Ten Commandments, you can't just you know, grit your teeth and just do it anyway. It'll never work. But if you do it out of a loving relationship with God, then it will work more times than not. And second thing is when you notice how the Bible constantly says that God is a jealous God and he will not share you with anyone else. He is either Lord of all or not Lord at all. You know, up until very recently, I haven't really heard a lot of people have a problem with this, but more recently I've heard more people say, you know, I don't like the idea of the Bible calling God jealous. God's not supposed to be jealous. We shouldn't be jealous. Well, you're right. In, in certain situations, you shouldn't be jealous. Like if one person gets an opportunity that you don't get, you shouldn't be jealous of their opportunity. You should celebrate it, right? So there's, there's times when jealousy is bad. But did you know also there's times when jealousy is really, really good? Let me give you an example. Let's say that there's a married couple and they're going to the store one day. And while they're going to that store one day, the husband notices that there's this other random dude who's just coming up and is just, you know, talking to his wife, just flirting with her or whatever. I don't, I don't know of anybody that would think that he would be wrong for us saying, Hey bro, move on. <laughs> you know, would you like me to hurt you now? Or do you want us to take this outside? This she's, she's spoken for be gone, <laughs> you know, in Jesus name. They go, no, well, of course that's his wife. He should you know, defend her or what? You know why? Cause he's jealous for her. Like he, he, that that's his wife. You know, that's, it's not your wife. You, you go find you a wife. This, this was mine, you know? So that's, that's healthy, good, honoring jealousy. That, that idea of she is mine and nobody else's. Right. And that's what God is saying is he is saying you are mine and nobody else's. And I love you. And because I love you, I will not share you with anyone. And I hope that helps you today to realize that that's how God thinks of you. God loves you so much that he's not interested in dating you. He's not interested in having a pen pal relationship or going on a one night fling once a week on Sunday. You know, he wants a relationship with you and he is jealous for anything that will steal your heart away from him. He will go to war with any idol in your life. doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's something that good that's gotten out of place, like maybe your job, like your job's a good thing, but it's gotten out of place now because now you'd rather go to work, you know, get some extra hours in than to worship the Lord on Sunday morning or your family. You know, you, you love, you love your family and you love Jesus, but your family now has taken priority over your relationship with God or anything. So, so he will go to war with those things, not to destroy them, but to put them back in their proper context because nothing is more important. So what that might look like is that maybe your job, maybe you won't get that promotion so that you'll have more time to go to church. <laughs> you know, well, like with your family. Well, maybe you'll get to a place where your your, your family will say, hey, hey, why, why don't we go to church more? I, I don't know what that looks like. But you know, I have seen that happen so many times, especially back to the work thing, that... People will, will say, well, you know, why wouldn't God give me this, this job? Why, why would, you know, whatever. And I'd be like, you know, maybe it's because God knew he couldn't trust you with it, you know, and nobody likes hearing that, you know, I don't like saying that, but it's because God will go to war with anything that will try to destroy your relationship with him. But now I've seen people on the other side who fight hard themselves to keep their relationship with God in the right place. And they use that cheat code of loving God with everything they have. And then what God does is he blesses them more than they can imagine. They do get the blessings that God has for them in the right place at the right time and all that kind of stuff because of the cheat code. Loving the Lord their God with all their heart, all their soul, with all their mind. So I want to ask you this question. Are you using the cheat code? And if not, you have a wonderful opportunity to start today to use the code to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and just see what God does. Put it to the test. Put God as the number one place in your life. Don't do anything else in the morning until you've had your devotion. Don't do anything else with your finances until you honor God with your tithe. And don't ever let anything stop you from going to the house of God on Sunday morning to worship with your brothers and sisters and just see what happens. You might be surprised by all the coincidences that start to happen in your life. Let's pray together, and we'll be done for today. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness, and your mercy. Thank you that you are jealous for us, that you love us, that we're not a side project for you. You want us to be in relationship with you. You are all in with us. Thank you that we have the opportunity to be all in for you. I celebrate that today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God's word says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, Today, I have given you the choice between life and death. Choose life. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. My prayer today is that you will live in the joy of choosing life. I'll see you tomorrow for Deuteronomy chapter 7.